Hallo, dieser Podcast wird Ihnen präsentiert von der Hannover Messe. Viel Vergnügen beim Zuhören. Hallo liebe Zuhörerinnen und Zuhörer. Das ist die Podcast-Folge 35 des Podcastes KI in der Industrie. Peter und ich wünschen ein frohes neues Jahr. Ich hoffe, Sie, ihr konntet die Weihnachtsfeiertage und den Sprung ins neue Jahr gut hinter euch bringen, habt in die Sonderfolge 34 zum autonomen Fahren reingehört und wir starten dieses Jahr mit einer Kurz-KI-Folge, nämlich über das Thema Edge. Und ich war in Schweden bei Stefan Dahlström. Stefan ist CEO von HMS. Und eigentlich ist HMS ja bekannt für industrielle Kommunikation. Anybus ist da das, das Stichwort. Ähm, jetzt äh, verfolgen die Schweden aber eine neue Strategie, nämlich wollen auch in das ganze Thema Edge-Devices äh, rein. Und wie er das macht, was er vorhat, welche Rolle TSN und 5G dabei spielt, hört ihr in dieser Kurz-KI-Folge. Viel Spaß beim Hören. Hello everybody, we are here at HMS in Hamstad in Sweden. And next to me is sitting Stefan. You are the CEO of HMS and you want to be part or you want to enter the market of edge technology for AI applications. This is a typical, absolutely new idea of HMS. Why is the connecting people from HMS are now doing edges? Well, we have a background in the factory automation and communication on the factory floor. So our business is Business is normally to collect data and send data between different machines and translate that data. But with AI, we have two different initiatives. We have something called machine learning that is much more on, on the device itself, uh, where we experiment with different machine learning al algorithms so our customers can not only use the communication but also add more value through machine learning. Second things we are doing, and this is more with different partnerships, we connect our uh, products to cloud and there we present the data in a unified format so people don't see 55, they don't see 55 degrees, they see 55 degrees Celsius or maybe overheating or something, some, some as we call layer 7 kind of data, real values. And there we also believe that there will be much more of AI, but there HMS don't do our own development. That's much more of other companies we try to find collaboration with and uh, how we can use more of IT initiatives on this. So there's two things. One is inside machines and one is cloud-based. And so you are developing the Edge, the Edge device. Is the Edge device also a connecting device? Is it only a top add-on on your devices you sell since uh, the 90s? I think in many of our gateways that we do on the factory floor, we go from uh, network A to network B. Uh, in these cases, you can also connect this data to the cloud. That's a, a side application, I think. Most of the application is that you have an existing machine and there you put in some kind of gateway or edge device where you, one, you want to do some machine learning in our box, but you also want to connect to the cloud through that box because it's normally... It's not all, always the same data that you want to send between the machines, which is normally the more the control data in real time. But uh, we also believe that there are other things you would like to send up to the cloud. Both uh, should be real time, but also more diagnostic information. But you are not interested in developing the software on the edge, right? That is not our business today. We have one company uh, in our group called Web Factory. They're doing more visualization, but they're... They, 
prepare the data and uh, make it a little bit more useful, but then they connect to other BI systems and other intelligence systems on the IT floor, on the IT uh, level. So what do you think? Do you, do you, the industry need small data or big data analytics for machine learning? Yeah, last couple of years, there's been a lot of dis discussion about big data lakes and uh, uh, having very sophisticated methods. I see a trend that more and more companies say, wait a minute, this is too much data. We, we don't really see uh, there's too many trees in the forest. We don't, see, we don't know how to find our way there. So we see more companies saying that this is the data I want. Uh, that's the right data. And we want this amount of data for, to make certain conclusions out of this. So I think we are a little bit seeing a trend that the companies who want to have massive amount of data now is saying, we can't, it's too much data. We don't know what to do with it. We want to have the right level of data now. A lot of companies are going in this edge device market. Everybody wants to offer an edge device. What is your unique selling point? Where a factory should buy an HMS edge device? I think our uh, position is that we've been in this business for 30 years, so we have all the legacy connectivity with, you know, Interbus and Profibus and this uh, very successful field bus network that is still in use in machines. We have all the industrial Ethernet technology, but we also have the, the new TSN, OPC UA, and also new things as 5G is coming. So I think we have a big span of communication technology. And this makes it easier for customers um, in different applications because they normally have some new machines, some older machines, and we can take the data from both of them. Uh, so this is a little bit our position on the market. From my understanding, you give the, the data to the edge and then you decide I will give it to the, to the, to the cloud or I will make the learning or the, the modeling on the edge, right? That's right. That's uh, normally a combination. So we have machine learning algorithms inside uh, the edge itself on the factory floor. And that kind of mechanism can do certain things. Maybe it's safety, maybe it's fast reaction time, and this kind of thing, critical things. But at the same time, you want to send up diagnostics for much more of um, predictive maintenance and this kind of futuristic uh, analyze of what will happen in the future. That's another AI application, I think. You mentioned that you have still old machines and you said your USP is to connect all the new machines and the old machines and to do uh, machine learning also for old machines. Normally what we do on the machine learning, it's inside each individual machines and then the, the artificial intelligence on the top will be on the cloud. So when we do machine learning, it's inside one machine and that is done locally in that machine. When you talk about AWS and Azure, you know, they always sell you can you have to do it in the cloud. Why do you think is the industry not interested to do that in the cloud? There's several reasons. I think one uh, functional reason is uh, reaction times. Uh, it's like a self-driving car. Uh, you must have local intelligence because if there are children, in, a child in front of the car, you need to brake uh, immediately. You can't wait for a cloud connectivity to react. We, I think we have the same thing in our machines about safety. That's one thing, reaction time and real time. Second thing is also data integrity. We have a lot of conservative European companies They are careful about what do we send up in the cloud and a lot of the secret sauce you have in your company. It's what's done in your manufacturing site. You don't want to display that outside your factory. So I think there's a carefulness also what can we distribute outside uh, our own private network. Are you a little bit afraid of that so many people are now offering edge devices? 
No, I think this is a new market and uh, there's a lot of excitement in this. If you go to Hannover Messe five years ago, it was us, the traditional automation companies. Now we see the telecom companies, we see the IT companies there. So I think it's much more exciting. It's good. We have many uh, companies working with this. But you work also together with Ericsson or Nokia. That's right. 5G is coming and uh, we are trying to do more of proof of concepts, both with Nokia and Ericsson. And there we see that they're coming from a different world, uh, mainly with consumers connecting to uh, your cell phones. We have completely different expectations uh, when it comes to reliability and also the life cycle of products. We have a lot of 3G installations in uh, in US and our customers had to upgrade from 2G to 3G quite recently. Now already, three years later, they are talking about buying new equipment because 4G is more important in US again. And of course, this is a frustration for us coming from the industry. We are used to use the same machine for 20 years. And with the telecom industry, three, four years is a long time for them. And this is completely two different worlds. So we need to learn from each other. You talked about 5G and AGVs, for example, and in the AGV, there's a CAN technology. Is CAN dead? I thought I thought CAN is dead. No, 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 no. CAN is still alive. Uh, of course, if you look on the factory automation, we see a lot of activity with uh, EtherCAT and other Ethernet-based thing. Also in the onboard car, passenger cars, we see a lot of uh, activity that is more automotive Ethernet and things like this. It's starting but we see a lot of can, both in the install base, but also in, um, in the trucks, in the ships, uh, in the elevators, in the escalators. It's everywhere. And it's also a very low-cost technology, very well proven. And we can talk about Ethernet with many customers, but they're still saying, okay, but can is still quite good because we only have small data. 500 kilobit is still very fast for us. So... CAN will still be very important in some applications, but it may not be important the high level of motion control in the future, as we've seen it the last 10 years. That will change. So you're looking for new markets for CAN? I think there's a lot of existing market for CAN, and we see a lot of machine builders. They are uh, trusting CAN for their current product, but also for their future products. Let me come back to AI. Can you describe what is part of this edge? What is inside of this edge that you will produce? Inside this, we have uh, hardware for connectivity. We have then software for the communication itself, so you can connect to any type of network you have. And then we also have a, a local programming interface there, proprietary to us. And on top of that, we can um, it's like a Linux operating system. There we can deploy machine learning algorithms. And then on top of that, we have an API, so our customer can uh, send the data they need to our middleware cloud called HMS Hub. And from there, from our hub, they can take this to uh, AWS or Mindsphere or Azure or whatever cloud they or their customer want to use. So we have one part is in on our local hardware and one part is in this uh, software uh, middleware that we offer. In Europe, we are always discussing about AI and what is our strategy in, in Europe to do AI. Is it the, the trustful AI? Is it the future of Europe with AI to deliver trustful AI that is very safe and secure? Yeah, I think we are many engineers, uh, so we, we like the, um, uh, the technology and we see the benefit of that. But I think as business leaders, we need to be a bit careful how this is deployed and uh, 
some cases people say that uh, the U- uh, U.S. market they use this technology to be making commercial application. Some other states in, uh, in like China do it for espionage of their uh, citizens, and in Europe we do it to regulate it. But I, I think we need regulations, and we need to make sure we use this for the best purpose. But there's a lot of areas that need to be explored beyond technology because this can also be a technology that can be misused uh, with people who are not so nice to deal with. So we need to be careful how we do this and we need to have an open dialogue where we not only involve us engineers. There need to be policymakers and uh, other people involved in that discussion, I think. You're working on TSN also and OPC UA and 5G and these are also topics for you. What are you doing with TSN in the moment? With TSN, we are more on a prototype and proof of concept. We have a lot of customers that are early adopters of TSN, but most customers realizing that they need to change the backbone of Ethernet to have TSN switches and others. So I think that TSN will start on different machine cells where you need this a little bit isolated TSN island with very fast performance. And it will take some years before TSN is planned wide as your backbone of uh, industrial Ethernet. So uh, right now we see a lot of interest in TSN, but also a lot of confusion about what services should be used and how to deploy this. But uh, TSN will come as an important technology, but it will take quite many years before this is the de facto standard in factory automation. And the margin of uh, TSN is not as high as, a, of a, as a any bus marsh. I think HMS' success with our Anybus products has been that it's been very difficult to manufacturers to only standardize on one protocol. Um, and there we've been successful having this kind of multi-protocol uh, software. I think if there will only be one network available in 10 years from now, which is TSN, okay, then our customers will use TSN. We can help them with doing that. But it will take 10 years before we are there because there's so many legacy systems. And if we look on the installed base uh, of product, there's a lot of Profibus out there. Last year was the first year when there were more industrial Ethernet nodes newly installed than traditional Profibus and Interbus nodes. And that this was like, we've been talking about this for 15 years. So it took eth- industrial Ethernet 15 years to be dominant over the field buses. And now people are saying that the TSN will come and change this industry rapidly. I don't think so. It will come and it will change the industry, but it will take another 10 years before TSN is everywhere. So it's a hype? I think we are engineers and we like this kind of new technology. Uh, you remember when we uh, started talking about EtherCAT many years ago? Re- really nice technology. Now we see EtherCAT a lot. This is 10 years later because there's a long process in our industry. Of course, we that, that develop the product and the machines. That's one thing. But the end users, they own process plants, paper mills, steel plants. They don't jump on new technology as fast because they need to integrate with this. And they need to select a technology that they know will be available for 20 years, the coming 20 years. So there's a natural slower cycle in our industry compared to consumer industries where you every every third year you buy a new cell phone or new whatever you buy because there's a new color or new feature industrial automation doesn't work in that way it's long term it's conservative customers and it's big investments let me come back to the to the edge technology is the edge the end of the plc i don't think so I think the what we see, maybe the term PLC versus soft PLC or a PC, I think that is merging. There will be a lot of local compute in machines and devices. 
But there will also be cloud connectivity. Some of the functionality that used to be inside a traditional PLC will probably be up in the cloud. But I don't see that uh, the PLC will disappear and be replaced by cloud. Maybe it's 50% of the PLC, that local compute will stay. It will be more powerful. But 50% of that functionality will be moved up to the cloud. So I see an evolution where this will coexist. It's two different technologies that together can form very nice applications. Do you use a machine learning algorithm in your production? No, we are a little bit, you know, the shoemaker and uh, the son of the shoemaker don't have so nice shoes. We have uh, a lot of uh, tests, proof of concept with our customers, but our own manufacturing is a late adopter, uh, unfortunately, but we've been too busy with just uh, delivering products, I think. But we have a nice factory here and we could deploy more of the technologies, but uh, we are late adopter ourselves. Thank you very much.